Dropbit Gaming. Dropbit Gaming. Dropbit Gaming. Dropbit Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dropbit Gaming Podcast. Yay. Yay! Matt and I are having too much fun prior to pressing the record button. So we're going to bring things right down for the yeah. podcast and yeah. just settle it down. Welcome to the NPR Dropbear Gaming Podcast. Okay, there you go. So it's right That was down. pretty soothing. It was. I like to think. Well, Email us if you thought that was soothing. My blood pressure's gone down. <laughs> anyway. This, this is part is three. Three, yes. It Jinx. is. Ah, I can't talk now. Ah, shit. <laughs> Buy me a Coke. <laughs> so anyway... Um, <laughs> Yes, it is part three of our Decade in Review um, series now. I Mini guess. series. Mini. Yeah, limited series. Well, it is limited to this decade. <laughs> it, it, that was. It's actually created by two very limited people. <laughs> As you've probably already picked up. Anyway, so yes, um, we've, we've uh, done basically from 2010... Yep, up to up to twenty fifteen. Fifteen is yeah. done now. Yep. So that's our two parts so far. So this is number three. So we're now we're not going so far back in the way back machine. Yeah, um, only to two thousand and sixteen, and Matt remembers it well. Ah, uh, what a great year! I think they proposed to Laura in twenty sixteen. There you go. No, that was twenty fifteen. Okay, we didn't mention that. No, nah, nothing it's important happened now. in twenty sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we'll kick straight into it because, uh, yes, these episodes tend to be quite lengthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh dear. That's not, not to either of us ever. <laughs> no one's ever said our podcast episodes are lengthy. No. Not he or she. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> yes. 2016. Um there were some good Merlots that came out that year. Mmm. Yes. Tasty. Yes. Mmm. Um, but there was also a couple of video game thingies that happened. Um, there was. Um, well, we can start by, I guess, talking about EA. Mm. A couple of years prior to this, uh, prior to 2016, they would launched EA Access, which was their cute little, like, let's get people to pay us a monthly fee to play games thing. Yeah, and they came out on the Xbox uh, with what they called their vault of games, which was mostly games that were a few years old, um, and you got a bit of a discount on new games and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But you could download games from the vault. Yeah. So I think at the time it was about 18 or 22 maybe that came out. Um, mm. So that launched on the Xbox One in 2014. Now, obviously, we've already talked about 2014, so yes. shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. Moving. 2016, they launched Origin Access, which was a PC-based um, like version of EA Access. Yeah. And um, it was available through a separate subscription, which I thought at the time, and still do, it's a fucking raunt. Because I had the uh, EA Access on the Xbox, and potentially I would have paid an extra little bit. Like, it's like 40 bucks or 45 bucks for EA access on the Xbox. I would have paid another 10 bucks a year or something to port that over and have it on both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the way they do with Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Which hasn't happened yet in 2016. No. So, so EA were kind of trailblazing. 
Yeah. They were trailblazing in their ability to take as much money from consumers as possible. And they've gone from strength to strength. But anyway. (laughs) They're constantly improving, which is just great. Um, Uh, Enough about them. Now, Microsoft, Microsoft, there's a couple of things that happened this year. Obviously, two, three years prior, the PS4 and Xbox One had launched. So we had Microsoft and Sony discontinuing the Xbox 360 and PS3 production of those consoles. Yeah. Which Um, at the time, I, I remember thinking... You know, the PlayStation had smashed it. The yeah, they sold like 90-something million or yeah, 100 million or something. Which was you know, almost a quarter or more than the Xbox had. Um, well, the PS3, at the beginning, the 360 like blew away mm. the PS3. but And everyone was like, oh shit, you know, it's kind of like what happened at the start of this generation, where PS4 just dominated Xbox. Except that in that time period kind of the way it's worked out this time the opposing company managed to catch up which was playstation with the ps3 and they actually in the end i think they overtook xbox 360 and sold by the end of the line it was something like about five or ten million more units that's a shit time which is not a bad comeback and then to launch into the ps4 and just like absolutely devastate microsoft because even now we're about to have the launch of the PS5 and Xbox Series X mm-hmm. and the numbers are something like 105 million PS4s sold to like 60 million Xboxes or something yeah. it's like it's embarrassing yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah but that 2016 was the end of the official end of the 360 and the PS3 um, another thing that EA did was that they sort of started this trend that we've seen of companies sort of bucking E3 So they still did their press conferences. This year, obviously, Sony have announced that they're not doing their PlayStation E3 press conference for the second year in a row, and they won't have any presence on the show floor. Um, And the way EA decided to go about doing that back in 2016 was that they started their EA Play thing. So EA Play is basically like the show floor, except it's outside of the fucking center. So it's not involved. Like it's a separate entity. Mm -hmm. So they managed to sort of step out from the, the E3 sort of um, realm. Realm. Yeah. To run their own thing, even though it's connected, it's separate. They think they're better. Yeah. And this, in the same way that Xbox now have like Microsoft theater or something where they run all their, press conferences and stuff and they do a lot of the show floor stuff there as well from what I'm all aware of. Yeah. So it's interesting, which is because this is interesting because it's the start of sort of a decline of E3 mm-hmm. because E3 has been around for like decades. Yeah. And um, it's always been this thing the way you consider it to be like a, basically like Christmas Day for gamers for news. Yeah, that's right. But it's slowly been slipping away. From that, and over the years, they've tried different things. Like, you know, they there was a time when they made it because it's always been just a trade event for the press and developers and stuff. And they opened it up to the public, and then it was just a shit show. Yeah. And so now they've just recently announced that they're going to be rejigging it for this year, and they're trying to make it more fan and influencer focused. So rather than just being a trade event, because PlayStation are fucking off and EA are doing their own thing, yeah. 
they're going to have areas on the floor where fans can like congregate and do what they love, which is playing games, right? right? Yeah. So they're basically turning into packs. Yeah. So they've obviously seen that that still works. Yeah. Well, I mean, pretty much all of the large events that are gaming events are community focused. Like you look at Gamescom in Europe, uh, in Germany. And games is, yeah, yeah, just huge. Yeah, fucking hell. But yeah, Gamescom is like the largest. I'm pretty sure it's the largest event, gaming event in the world mm. every year for number of people that go get in there. Yeah, and it's totally fan focused. They do like announcements and shit there, but mm. it's the same as PAX in that it's about getting fans involved. You know, PAX is a bit different because they do all the board games and that. It's way more yeah, community right. focused. Yeah, but um. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So that's E3's, what they're trying to do with E3, E3. and uh, EA Play started that trend. Yeah, they well, that's the way it seems to me, anyway. Yeah. yeah, there was probably other ones at the time, but you know, there's a fair few of them now, like BlizzCon. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, Blizzard do their own thing. Yeah, yeah. but they so, never really did a press conference type thing. No, not not. At and all. I think EA are. I mean, Activision are pretty par with EA in terms of size, I think. They're pretty close to yeah. each other. Yeah, I'd imagine but, so. Yeah, I think EA just going, you know what, we're going to move all our shit over here Yeah, is a pretty huge move. Mm. But anyway. Anyway, um, Supercell, the guys who developed the Clash of Clans, was acquired by Tencent. Which is that? Um, yeah, so I think we Chinese mentioned company. Yeah, we mentioned this towards the end of the last episode. Mm. Um, yeah, for like eight point six billion dollars, yeah. which is a fat stack of cash. Oh, it is. You'd we be were happy. T- yeah, I mean, we. I think we even mentioned this yeah. when we were because t- we were talking about Mojang mm-hmm. being picked up for two point five billion, and two point five billion is a hefty amount of cash. Yeah, and then you have things like yeah, the- King, the. Um, Candy Crush guys yeah. getting sold, and then mm-hmm. this one, Clash of Clans, for eight point six billion is just obscene. Um, Nordic Games, who we had previously talked about on one of the other episodes, yep. who had bought the THQ stuff, mm-hmm. they rebranded to THQ Nordic, which is great because there's a lot of T- uh, THQ assets, like game franchises, that are coming back. Yeah, which I really appreciate. Yeah, I do because they made some too. really good games back mm. in the day. Um, Microsoft again, uh, they launched Play Anywhere, which was their cross-platform um, Windows 10 and Xbox One cross-play type thing where yeah. you can do your saves and pick it up on another one or you know, grab your... I remember one of the big ones that I really enjoyed was um, Forza Horizon Yeah, and you know, picking that up on the PC because a game like that for me... It, it looks good on the Xbox, of course. Yeah. On a big TV, and you can sit way back on your couch and chill. But when you plug it into a high-powered gaming computer, yeah, just the graphics of it are fucking incredible. Mm. Yeah, and the smoothness of it at you know 100, 120 hertz, yeah, is amazing. So, and it's nice to have the option. Yeah, for sure. So, like that's what you're talking about with um, EA Access. You mm. know, separating them. And then at this point, Microsoft are going like, shit, we've totally cooked it on the Xbox One. We need to do something to try and recover here. And so they go, well, let's go down this path of making a sort of, like everything's joined together gaming Mm. world. And they start pushing for cross-play and all these things that when Xbox 360 was dominant, they were like, nah, 
don't yeah, touch exactly. it. Yeah. Whereas now they're like, oh, that's we'll we'll be, you know, PlayStation dominated with PS4 because they said we're about games. We're not about all that other bullshit. Yeah. We're about games, and so mm-hmm. Microsoft are like, you think you're about games? Well, we're about games from everywhere <laughs> being playable on everything. So, um, yeah, they did the play anywhere thing, which was crossplay. And then they started pushing up for cross-platform for other games like Fortnite and stuff like that. Like Microsoft were key in the conversations for that stuff, which is important in terms of where we're headed into the next generation. Mm, yeah. I feel like because like, we're looking at backwards compatibility and buy one thing here and be able to play there. That's right. But anyway, um, Blizzard decided to discontinue their name... <laughs> This is a funny one Battle at the Net. time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Battle.net is still a thing. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So in 2016, they're like, you know, we've got Blizzard and we've got Battle.net. And we're using Blizzard as a publisher, sort of. <laughs> but there's games that we want to use Battle.net, but that aren't made by Blizzard, like Destiny. Yeah. And so they're like, you know what? Let's clear this up. Let's clear up this confusion by just getting rid of the Battle.net name and we'll change it to Blizzard Tech. And then... Like, as soon as they did that, everyone was like, why the fuck did you do that? Battle.net's <laughs> awesome, and the yeah. name is great. Mm. So then they were like, well, actually, let's just rewind it. <laughs> and they changed it to Blizzard Battle.net, which is fucking pointless. Yeah, exactly. So, they just wanted their name on it, I yeah. guess. Mm. They're just like, it's not just Blizzard games, it's Battle.net. And really, no one knows it as Blizzard Battle.net. Yeah. It's still Battle.net. It's just Battle.net. And it's... It always has a been. A Blizzard platform, and everybody knows it as that. So yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Ridiculous. It was pretty silly. Just some boffins up in the executive desks being like, we need to change things up around here. <laughs> they love doing that. Um, so uh, we mentioned this one on the last episode as well, the guys who made Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. This was the year that they shut down, United Front Games. And um, it was pretty disappointing because they'd been working on Sleeping Dogs 2 back in 2013 mm-hmm. and that got canned yeah and then they didn't really do much too much really in those few years up till up until 2016 when they went down the pooper yeah and um yeah it's disappointing because they made some pretty good games yeah they did um one of their highlights for me was uh, mod nation race mod nation races mm. that was a great game cute little kart racer yeah that never really went anywhere either, which is probably why they went out of business. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I guess, the more professional side of game development and the sort of workers side, we had the Screen Actors Guild of America, actually the Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, yeah. called, for short, SAG-AFTRA. <laughs> They'd One of be, my favourite acronyms ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. It rolls off the tongue. Oh, yeah. They did the first ever strike in video in the video games industry because, like, classically, there's no unionisation in the games industry and everyone just gets fucked over constantly. Yeah. Mm. So they did the first ever um, strike in the video games industry about voice acting and it was the first voice actor strike in, like, 17 years. Mm because they were trying to do contract renegotiations about residuals for the voice actors. So say, you know, how big actors like Robert Downey Jr. gets a percentage of the money for yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. The same thing, these guys were like, well, you know, the guy, for example, the guy who does the voice of 
old mate from I oh, say Nathan Drake, yeah, right, Nolan mm-hmm. North. Nolan North. Yeah. He's like a iconic voice actor, mm. and then he does it puts his voice to four Uncharted games, and they all go gangbusters, make shitloads of cash. But and now this is just an example because I don't know the exact details of his contract, obviously. But mm-hmm. the idea is that they wanted their voice actors, who are a key part of the games, to get a residual income from the sales of those games moving forward. Which seems fair. It's pretty fair. If you're yeah. like iconically a part of the game. That's right. Which Nolan North in those games totally is. Oh, and, yeah. You know, in most games, like even Mark Hamill as the Joker in the Arkham Knight games. Yeah. And all of those characters. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they were renegotiating. It wasn't going very well. So they made a strike against a number of companies, which included... EA, Take-Two, Insomniac Games, WB Games, Activision, Disney, and a whole shitload of other ones. Yeah, that's some big names. Yeah, like, pretty big. And it ended up being the longest strike in SAG history. Yeah, 340-odd days it was. Yeah, which is ridiculous. It, yeah. it started in 2016, went all the way into 2017. There was games that were affected by it, like um, one of the Life is Strange games. Yeah ended up getting delayed because of that, and they eventually made the deal and everyone was happy. Mm. But there were several other games that were affected in terms of their development. But um, the main reason why it's important, apart from the fact that it got a better deal for all these voice actors who absolutely deserve a better deal, is that it got people talking, because it was the first strike in video game industry, it got people talking about unionisation in the video game scene. Mm. Because so many workers, like a company will just go... We're going into liquidation. We're bankrupt. Yeah, exactly. And the staff miss out on unpaid overtime and benefits and all kinds of stuff. And we saw it with like, well, I mean, I'm not going to list the companies, but there's been so many companies where staff have just been completely fucked over. One is Telltale Games, which we talked about in the first Mm -hmm. part of this chat. And if there was unionization for the ability for workers to stand up for their own rights without being blacklisted in the industry or just losing your job because you fucking vo- raised yeah, your voice, exactly. it yeah. creates, it would help create a better environment well, for the staff. Obviously, yeah. the same way it has in the nursing industry, bloody teachers, electricians, everyone. So The whistleblower industry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like that, that strike really reignited the discussion about unionization in gaming and we're starting to see that kind of show some fruit now in 2020. With, mm. like, I guess developers are getting sick of getting fucked in the ass all the time. I can see how you get sick of that. Yeah. <laughs> so mostly. Yeah. So that's a kind of. Um, that was a big. big it's a deal pretty at the important, time. A pretty important historical moment in yeah, gaming. I feel very like. much so. Um, on the flip side of that uh, negativity that Matt just brought up. Um, <laughs> Well, they had yeah. a happy ending, sort yeah, of. true. It's working on being a happy ending. Yeah. Now they're enjoying getting fucked in the ass. <laughs> you want a happy night. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so there was a bit of tech that like, got released officially that year. It had yeah. been around for a little while, um, spoken about for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but Well, I mean, we mentioned in 2014, I think it was, Oculus Rift got purchased for $2 billion That's right. by Facebook. And they hadn't actually even put a product to market yet. Yeah. And we also had in 2015, Sony revealed Project Morpheus was PSVR. Yep. 
So then in 2016, we saw the launch of all these items, all these... Yeah, so you had HTC Vive, the Oculus Rift, and obviously the PlayStation VR. Yeah. Um, all coming in within a 12-month period, which yeah. was great. And um, we kind of also saw a boost in like the Samsung Gear VR and yeah. Google's own little thing with the little cardboard box thing. Yeah. I don't know if that was 2016. I'd feel like it was earlier than that. Yeah, it could have been. But we're starting to see the VR thing pick up a bit of momentum again yeah. for the first time mm-hmm. in a little while. Yep. And um, PlayStation announced late last year that they'd sold something like 6 million P- PSVR units. Which, which, compared to how many units they've sold it, you know, of the actual PlayStation, yeah, is it's like tiny. Well, there was like 105 million PS4s and 6 million PSVRs, yeah. but it's still like... If you look at how much the tech cost them mm. and how much they sold it for, then I'm sure they did okay out of six million sales. Well, I mean, they get money off the games, the software sales yeah. as well. And I yeah. think most of the people who had VR who bought it are the people who are willing to pay for some games as well. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't know what the stat is, but I'd say, you know, everyone with a PSVR would have at least three or four games. And so they make yeah. the money off the unit, and also it gets people talking about VR. Mm. So, and we've also seen every now and again, you know, with your PlayStation Plus, they'll bring out, you know, sometimes a good VR game, which is quite good. You know, it, it boosts mm. potentially. You know, the people that have them are like, yeah, cool, we get to play yeah. some new games. It's just a nice little kickback. Yeah. Um, in February this year, this well, in like next week, basically, like probably the day this game or the day the day after this podcast is launched. Yeah. Uh, the February games for PlayStation Plus update, and it's Bioshock the Collection, which is great. Mm-hmm. The Sims Four, which is great if you want to buy all the DLC to go with it. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I saw someone complaining about it being like, The Sims Four is great if you love games that are not as good as the previous game because they took all the good shit out and yeah. sold it separately as DLC. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, geez. Harsh but true. Yeah. Um but they've also thrown in Firewall Zero Hour, which is a PSVR game, which uses the um aim controller the gun. Yep. You can use a normal dual shock or the move controllers. So it's got three different controller options. That's pretty good, yeah. I think I reviewed it on the podcast, but if I didn't or you can't find it, the game is good. Yeah. It's short, um, but it's really cool for online co op. It worked yeah. pretty it worked reasonably well. I played it with Carl. Oh, that's good. So that's yep. that. But yeah, VR I guess it kind of started picking up momentum, but it didn't really succeed as much as they would have liked, I don't think. But it hasn't really gone away too much. No, you can still go into like your your targets and your big W's and mm. you know, those kind of chains, and they'll normally have one or two sitting yeah. you know, available for sale, which is still pretty good. Mm. You know, they're still stocking them, so I guess there's and still people out there that want them. I'm pretty sure they've come out and said that they're going to be backwards compatible with the PSV, PS5 as well. They're going to bring out a new version. Yeah. But you're going to be able to use your old version with the PS5 as well. Oh, that's good. But even on top of that, like Oculus and HTC Vive are still out there, yeah, being existing. Yeah. Um, and every now and then I see something pop up that's like, oh, new VR game or someone playing a VR game, mm. you know. And there's some really good VR games out there. It's just a matter of like we've discussed this before, you know, the problems with cutting yourself off and all that yeah. kind of stuff. 
But um, yeah, 2016 was really the year that they all officially released. And it wasn't just that that released that no, year. No, there was a couple of uh, consoles that, that were brought out. There was the, um, the PlayStation 4 Pro, yeah. which was their muscle flex. They were like, hey, we're the best. And then Xbox later, like the year, a year later, or I think it was 2017. I think so. Xbox One X, and they're like, no, we are the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, just that arm wrestle for... <laughs> Keeps going. Importance. Yeah. The Nintendo Classic Mini, which let people revisit all those NES games from the good old days. Yeah, and you didn't, no longer had to have an emulator. Yeah, or you didn't have to have some kind of wacky cable to plug into your TV. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's lovely. Um, and there was and, a few big um, anniversaries. Yeah, the some Jamie birthdays. Had been around a while that, by that stage, yeah. obviously. Well, I mean, we had um, so Blizzard Tech. I mean, uh, Blizzard Battle. Ne- I mean, uh, Blizzard Entertainment. <laughs> How many names? <laughs> well, the year before was the twentieth anniversary of PlayStation, twenty fifteen. Yes. So then yeah. this year we get to go twenty sixteen. We're like, oh shit! So many big games, um, like Resident Evil, which yeah. launched on the PlayStation One. Twenty years. It was then. Yeah. So it, Sonic the Hedgehog was 25, which seems, it seems like not long enough to me because I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog when I was a kid. You were a kid 25 years ago. Mm, was I? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, no, that's probably right. <laughs> it would have been, what, 91, the first Sonic the Hedgehog on like Sega Master System or Mega yeah. Drive. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, Tomb Raider was 20 years old as well. Pokemon was 20. Yeah, and Pokemon is like one of the highest selling franchises of all time. It's fucking bananas. It is, yeah. Uh, And the Tokyo Game Show celebrated 20 years of existing, Mm. which is big. There was also a lot of video game movies, which again, we mentioned last episode. This year, 2016, the Assassin's Creed franchise skipped the year. For the games. To focus on a movie. And they made a movie, yeah. which had Michael Fassbender as a guy. it was actually a, a good movie. Yeah, it was actually surprisingly yeah. good. Yeah. But it wasn't the only one. It must, they must have just, the studios must have just been like, hey, video game movies is the thing this year. Yeah. Because they also had the Angry Birds movie, which is a great movie. It is. I really enjoy Strange, it. Strange though. Like, I, I just remember hearing the announcement and going, how Angry do you make Birds that? movie. Yeah. You know, like, is it just going to be... Watching birds fly, fly into pigs. pigs. Yeah. <laughs> it actually ended up being really good. Yeah. And like I feel like the character the ride the script was well done. Yeah, it was but the character good. performances of all the all the voice actors in that was just excellent. Yeah. And um yeah, I just love how they're like swimming in that lake on the top of the mountain mm-hmm. and they're like drinking it and spraying it out <laughs> and they see the mighty mighty eagle pissing in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great moment. Yeah, it was totally, totally made sense in the Angry Birds franchise That's in the right. universe. Yeah, but also Ratchet and Clank in line with um, they released a new uh, reboot of the Ratchet and Clank game, the mm. original game, on PS4. Yeah, and it sort of revitalized the game, and it was fucking excellent. Yeah, and yeah. they released and a they released... Ratchet and Clank movie. Yeah, yeah, which basically. Because the, the reboot of the game was a reboot of the original game, but it also modified it slightly to match up with the movie. Yeah. So it was like a game and movie multi-launch type yeah, thing. which was a great idea. And yeah, the movie is actually pretty good as well. Mm. I've, the kids have watched it a few times at home. Um, they, there was also a bit of a... Well, Warcraft brought out a movie, but it was 
a very high CGI movie yeah. as well. Which, that did not go down as no. well as I think they'd hoped. I actually didn't mind it. I thought it was good, but I had the nostalgia of having played World of Warcraft right. and knowing about the world and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was lost on a lot of people. Yeah. But it was movies weren't the only thing gaming industry-wise that <laughs> uh, were brought out. There was in, actual in games too. Yeah. And some fairly decent ones. Um, yeah, like I think I mentioned... In the last episode, we're leading into like the tail end of the decade, the tail end of a generation of ga- uh, consoles. Yeah. And we just started seeing so many excellent games coming out. Mm. One that I was actually pretty excited about at the time, and it was, it had come from, um, you know, EA's E3 equivalent uh, you know, discussion topic. Yeah, which um, we've talked about many times yeah, on the unravel. podcast. Um, mm. you know, I was really keen for that game and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, Far Cry Primal. Yeah, the re- reuse of the Far Cry 4 map. Yeah. I actually quite liked that game, although heaps of people were like, it's not good. I didn't like it. I'm, I don't, I don't like... It didn't have guns. Bow and arrow shooting yeah. Yeah, in a game. It's yeah. just... Pardon the pun, but it's very hit and miss. <laughs> and more miss than hit. There's so many games that are really good that use a bow and arrow, though. Like, we have, um, obviously, Tomb Raider. Yes. But Horizon Zero Dawn, which came They did a good job of it. In 2017, which we'll get to, that was a game that was very heavily bow and arrow focused. Yeah. Um, there's certain games that can really do it really well. Mm. But, um, yeah, I just really liked Far Cry Primal as something different. Yeah. Because it was it was very similar in the map and all that kind of stuff. But And even in, like, the styles of the missions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But playing as a caveman in caveman times is yeah. just fucking different to what else was out at the time. Oh, yeah. There's no action-adventure games where you're a fucking caveman. <laughs> so, I was pretty be, down There with should that. be more. Um, a huge game that year was The Division. Which, yes. um, we played a lot of that. We did. And it was definitely a flawed game. Mm. But it was doing things that, you know, in the aftermath of Destiny, yeah, we had this sort of more modern times military shooter. Yeah. And it just, they just nailed it. Oh, they did. There yeah, was plenty was of things very, that... very, well done. There was plenty of things that were not good in it. Mm. But as a new IP, it was... Very impressive. Yeah. Very much so. Um, Dark Souls 3 came out that year. Um, one game that I actually really enjoyed from that year was Quantum Break. Yeah, Xbox exclusive. Yeah. And you told me to play that many times, and I, I still did. have not. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a very, very well-made movie game. Mm. You know, a lot of... Well, that was the guys who and... made Control as well. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, Rem- is it Remedy? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, they, there's definitely some pedigree there. Mm. And yeah, Quantum Break, I remember you telling me plenty about it. Uncharted 4 brought us A Thief's End, which was like the end of the Drake Nathan Drake story. Yeah. And while like they started doing things like the open world stuff mm. in the sort of areas of open world, it was yeah. still very linear. It was. But... Um, but there it was, was that one basically scene where it was like a little town on a hill kind of thing. Yeah, run around back. And there was forth different and, pathways. Yeah, which was kind of cool. That game was basically like a string of nods to the fans. 
Yeah. And tear-jerking moments yeah, as well. It was. Yeah. It was great. And it like was beautifully well, written. Like, even just a love letter to Naughty Dog as well, because at the beginning of it, you could play... Was it at the beginning or the end? You could no, play Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. It yeah. was when you and the lady were sitting down and you could play the game. Yeah, you could play the fun. original Crash Bandicoot, yeah. that, that boulder-chasing-you mission, yeah. which was just a really nice touch. It was perfectly placed as well. Yeah. You know, like, it is the perfect Nathan Drake cross game. You know, yeah so well done yeah and, so. and a, a nod to indiana jones potentially as yeah well. exactly yeah. so i'm pretty keen to actually get revisit that game because it was you know the ending of an era mm-hmm. well it is one of the games that came well not that one but one two and three remastered came out this month yeah like, january. yeah january in yeah. uh in the playstation plus which is great you know, yeah to get through two three game collections a month after the, a month yeah. they're both games from the previous generation mm. remastered but like you, there's no denying Such that Uncharted games. 1 to 3 and Bioshock 1 2 and Infi- Infinite yeah. are uh, worth playing amazing games yeah, exactly like if I look back on my favourite games of the PS3 generation yeah those are some of the standouts absolutely yeah for sure yeah so 2016 continuing we had Mafia 3 which I really loved really that. loved yeah um I love the Mafia 3 games, I don't, the Mafia games. I don't know what I love about them. Mm-hmm. Just the story grabs me in each of them. And this one was the one where it was a guy coming back from Vietnam War. That's right. And um, getting caught up in all the kind of yeah. criminal world. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just found them to be really gripping games. I don't know what it is about them. I can't. I Same can't as build the on that. Godfather movies. No one knows why they're good. They're just good. Yeah, and like so many people shit on Mafia Three. Yeah, and because it was free on PlayStation Plus a while back, and I was like, yes, this game's great. And so many people were like, that game is fucking garbage. <laughs> I don't know why. What's? How is it garbage? Well, speaking of garbage, we had a um, a sequel to Homefront. Yes, yes, Homefront: The Revolution, yeah. which was because. The developer of Homefront died mm. or something. They were gone. Yeah. Um, and then someone else took it over and sort of rebooted it. That was a THQ game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And no one played either of them. I played the first one. Yeah, just to see like the, the horrific shitness. stuff. <laughs> Doom, reboot of Doom came out. Yes. Which was huge. Yeah. Um, so, still huge. Yeah. And and a, again, a perfect nod to the old Doom games, mm. you know, while being good, modern at, as well. Yeah, they did a really good version of that, and I think I own that on three, four platforms. Yeah, actually. speaking of games that you own a hundred times, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Another yeah. massive game from twenty sixteen, which Doom and Overwatch, yes. right, are the two where people are like those are the best games of the year. Yeah, yeah, and and for me, they are two of my best, biggest games for that year. Absolutely, Overwatch is still one of my most played games and they've gone strength to strength to strength. They still support it. They bring out a lot of shit. I can't talk higher about Overwatch. I fucking really love that game. What if you talk like this? Oh, no, I can't (laughs) do that. (laughs) Uh, Assassin's Creed Ezio Collection, a remaster of the older Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood and Revelations, which I appreciate because, you know, I watched the Assassin's Creed movie and then I was like, oh, I want to play some Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't actually finished that those three games from the remastered version mm-hmm. yet. Well, I finished Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, 
there's some stuff in the trophies that's just horseshit in yeah. that game. So if you're going for a platinum, <laughs> good luck. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, another big one that came out was No Man's Sky. Yes, which was big in the lead up and then not big at launch yeah. and then big again two years later yeah. when they patched when it. They fixed it they completely yeah. revitalized you played that a lot more of that game than i did i got yeah. really shitty with it early yeah because it was very um underwhelming yeah in terms of what they promised yeah but the the to be fair the developer came out and was like look i fucked up i'm gonna keep working on this and make it what i dreamed it to would be yeah and it wasn't helped by the fact that it was a playstation exclusive at the time and it was sort of in a window for PlayStation exclusives. So mm. the PlayStation marketing was really pushing No Man's Sky. Yeah. But it was this little indie game by one guy. And so it got yeah. this big build up and then came out and everyone was disappointed in it. Yeah. Which is totally unfair. Well, when he came out and described it in his press conference, yeah. I think at E3. Yeah. Um, and that was a year or two earlier than that, maybe mm. even three years earlier than that. He described how it was going to be this amazing perpetual growth game. You know, the game would just perpetually build its own planets for you to visit and it yeah. would take you fucking a hundred billion years of playing the game to visit every planet and then the game would recreate more planets anyway um, and universes and all and that And you'd shit. never be able to visit everything. And yeah, and like there was all this kind of stuff. And then it turned out that unfortunately at launch there was a very small amount of actual items that could be produced. Yeah, the, um, the like, random generation of things. Yes. Yeah. There was, like, you imagine, like, a cow. You say you have a cow, a pig, and a sheep, yeah. and then you take them into their parts of, like, cow head, cow body, yeah. cow legs, etc., etc., et and then you just make... mix them up. Yeah. And that was, con and then change their colors and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, in the end, you'd go to one planet and there'd be this weird furry creature, and then you go to another planet and there's the same weird furry creature, slightly different <laughs> yeah. shape with a different color, yeah. but pretty much the same, yeah, even exactly. though they're like solar systems away from each and other. And the problem that I found with it was, and maybe it's because I don't like the boringness Video of games. that, oh. yeah, pretty much, or people <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Um, no, but you the preface of most of the game was just exploration yeah so you'd go somewhere you'd shoot a fucking identification ray at everything in that world yeah until you, try to unlock everything you know, off the planet yeah and then, then you'd fuck on. off and go to the next one yeah and it was so boringly done yeah for me personally yeah um, especially because it wasn't as like we just said it wasn't as vast as we yeah. thought it would be yeah in terms of differences, because so, what's the point of exp like scanning a creature that you've just scanned three creatures that are pretty much the same exactly. creature, just has a different randomly generated scientific name? That's right. But they patched in, you know, in all fairness, they patched the shit out of it they and, did, and added in everything people wanted, and now yeah. it's a friggin' awesome game. So I've heard. Maybe too little, too late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, Watch Dogs Two was this year as well, which really changed. The Watchdogs, like there'd only been one Watchdogs game, yeah, and then they brought out Watchdogs Two, which really changed up how that game played, yeah, um, and yet was really good. It was one of my top games of the year, mm -hmm. yeah. But um, one of the things that was fairly important that year, well, I guess there's another game, Forza Horizon Three, which you mentioned yeah. from the play anywhere, yeah, just a great 
Forza Horizon. That was the one that went to Australia. It was, yeah, yeah, which and, was nice. Very nice. You know, it was yeah. nice to be able to drive four hundred kilometers. Yeah, and you go from fucking Cairns to Brisbane to Sydney to Melbourne and part of Perth. Yeah, you know, and it was like, wow, Australia's so small. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. But you could drive around like and see eucalyptus trees and stuff like that. Yeah. It's real, real homely. And and I remember homey. a um, a, it was a spoof video. I don't think it was real, but that somebody was taking video clips of the game and putting them on Facebook as crimes. Oh, yes, um, the Hoon Law things. Yeah, um, and <laughs> the Current yeah. Affair, which is ACA in you know, Australian TV on Channel 9, I think it is. Yeah, yeah where uh, they... Ran a like, story on it and played some of the footage from it. Yeah. Of these Hoons doing fucking donuts in yeah. know, populated it areas. It's like people doing skids on down streets, but cut in... There was footage of actual hooning yeah. and then mixed in with this game <laughs> and they didn't even notice. No, it was so well Surely done. Surely it was fake though, I'd right? I have to think it was. Because yeah. I mean, that ACA popped up is... up on my Facebook not long ago. I watched yeah. it and I was pissing myself off. I mean, laughing. the current affair is fucking dumb as shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. But yeah. are they that dumb? Yeah. Who knows? Turns out, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Nintendo this year, 2016, started pushing into the mobile gaming sort of scene yes and one of the big ones that that they did was super mario run which yep. was a standard running game yeah designed to make you spend money of those yeah you know, there was temple uh, run temple run basically. was huge and i think they were yeah. yeah we'll make one with mario yeah let's make let's get that mobile money yeah but then they did pokemon go mm. which was a world storm. worldwide phenomenon yeah. right so um you know this is july 2016 where sort of midway through the year, people had been pretty keen for it for a while because it had been revealed yeah. previously. The game came out and people went berserk for it. Mm. Like the ability to walk down the street, use AR on your phone to catch a Pokemon sitting out the front of your house or something. Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah. People were losing pretty their bananas. goddamn minds about it. And they still, people were playing it. Yeah, well, my, well Hannah, yeah, our sister, sister yeah. is fucking... Still obsessed with it, mm. you know. And the game when it launched was not that impressive. Yeah. You know, they they Neantic who developed it, they have basically used a sort of they ha- they already had a map like a global GPS map from the other games that they'd done that mm-hmm. used the same system. Yeah. And so there was hotspots from their other games that they reused as like Pokemon gyms and stuff as mm-hmm. you walk around, and um. What ended up happening was like you'd have, you know, a traffic light box on a corner of a street that has been picked up as a point of interest, becomes a gym or something like that. And there was literal mobs of people like hanging out at these spots, just farming Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where there was, again, a current affair and other shows like that. And even mainstream news talking about like the disruptions to business and all this kind of stuff, which I feel like the disruptions were that they got more business than they yeah, had previously. Exactly. And they weren't ready for it. There was shitloads of people. People were using, because there was like gyms and stuff, because it had used this previous map that Niantic had, there was some spots that were actually inside private property. Yeah. And so people were trespassing. They were using drones to yeah. like attach their phone <laughs> to a drone to try and, Catch things, it's just insane the amount of things that were going on. Roads. I remember at the time I was uh, working in real estate mm-hmm. um, 
it would have been a little after the game had come out, but there were agents worldwide who were paying for gyms and points of interest in yeah. the game to be placed in open houses. Yeah. So they would hold an open house and a fucking thousand people would come. Which makes no sense. No, they're not there the to buy people the playing Pokemon yeah, don't want to... But then they, they can turn around and say, there's a lot of interest in this house. Yeah. And there's just dickheads staring at their phones, no fucking... Not even looking at walls. Pretty sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people were... That was the first... In 2016, was the first reported car crash and then many other car crashes due to people playing it while driving. Yeah. They introduced... People getting hit by, from walking across the roads. Yeah. They had a thing where um, it cut out, like you couldn't... Pokemon wouldn't pop up on the screen if you were going over a certain speed yeah. to try and avoid people driving around in fucking dangerous ways. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I mentioned that people were complaining about disrupted business, but there was restaurants and cafes recording way increased business courtesy of the people going to their shops to yeah. hunt Pokemon. Mm. And sure, a lot of people were just coming in and leaving. Yeah. But a lot of people were going in, like, these are people who are getting out of their house That's when right. they normally wouldn't, you know. And then looking up and going, oh, I'm in a cafe. Fuck, I'm pretty thirsty. Yeah. Get a drink. But um, all this gym work has got me thirsty. The business side of it was pretty interesting as well because at the time, Nintendo had announced they were working on NX, which turned out to be Switch, yeah. but they hadn't released the Switch yet or even revealed it. Mm. So they're all, they're coming off the back of the Wii U, which was a dismal failure. Yes. And their share prices had dropped and taken a fairly bad hit. And then Pokemon Go came out, which was the Pokemon company, but it's a Nintendo yeah. thing. And... Um, their share prices like doubled mm, overnight incredible. almost yeah. and it just blew up and then Nintendo were like just hold your horses because this game it didn't have microtransactions or anything mm -hmm. like it yeah. they're like this isn't going to be a big revenue raiser yeah. like the main thing is that it keeps Pokemon in the front of people's minds That's so right. that they'll go and buy other Pokemon merchandise and Pokemon because yeah. Pokemon is so big because of the merchandise as well as the you know yeah. very and there's um, only often so iterations. many people watching the cartoons and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So this, they were like, this is not necessarily going to get us massive revenue, so just fucking ease your expectations. And then the share price dropped back down a fair bit, yeah. like within like a month. That was back mm -hmm. down, lowered down again. But it was just a, an example of how there was this Pokemon Go hysteria, mm. not only with the people on the streets, but in the stocks, the, sh the shareholders and stuff like that. People were like, wow, Pokemon's on the news. Let's buy Nintendo shares. Yeah. <laughs> so the price, and then they're like, oh, wait, this isn't making me it's any free money. free game. <laughs> Unless you sold Nintendo shares at the time, yeah. which would have been a smooth move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, by the end of the year, a large number of the users had been shed from the game. They'd like, played it to their heart's content and yeah. left it behind. I was one of them. I played a fair bit. Yeah. But then I was like, I ain't walking. Exactly. So fuck off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like four years later now, they've patched heaps of it. They've updated it. They've added things like a community day, which is a monthly event where people have to get together. Um, and there's increased appearance rates of Pokemon to drive in, like yeah. people back to it. There's quests now to get mythical Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Raid battles where, like, encouraging people to get together with their friends to do gyms and things like that 
together. Mm-hmm. But they've also added NPC battles with Team Rocket, so you can train up your Pokemon and battle them against other people. That's cool. And uh, against NPCs, but they've also added PvP battles where you can fight against other people. Oh, wow. And if you have someone who's listed as like a close friend or something, you can battle them from wherever they are in the world. You don't have to be standing next to them. Wow, that's cool. So, mm. yeah, so they've really haven't left that in the lurch, you yeah. know, and um, I'm sure there is ways that they're doing microtransactions with it now, surely. Yeah, they, they, would, they would have monetized it at yeah. this point somehow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of one of the biggest stories of 2016, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, there was definitely some other big games that got brought out that year, mm-hmm. um, just quickly finishing off the list. Um, there was Duke Nukem's 20th anniversary edition. Uh, I remember getting a photo of our heads superimposed onto a Duke Nukem Yeah, that poster. was like in 2010, though. That was when Duke that Nukem... That was a long time ago, it was yeah. a It was a reboot of Duke Nukem, yeah. and they did the 20th anniversary or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, 20th anniversaries were the theme of that year. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, we had Titanfall 2 came out that year. That was a big game. Yeah, it was, and it was a good improvement on Titanfall, which was okay as mm. well. Yeah, no, nothing majorly to talk about there. Um, <laughs> there was um, Battlefield 1. They decided to go back in time. To World War One, which was a really good game. Yeah, it was. Seriously. Yeah, it died very quickly, unfortunately. Yeah. They, um, it's interesting, the kind of the story of Battlefield is kind of interesting because they went down that battle pass whatever they called it, mm. thing where you could get all of the DLC quarterly for the year or whatever. Yeah. Um, sort of prepay for it. And then by the time Battlefield 1 came out, because they did it with Battle- Battlefront as well, mm-hmm. and then Battlefield 1 came out and not as many people picked it up or people got it and then just left it behind. Yeah. Yeah. And then Battlefield 5, or V, yeah. which again, didn't really... No. I'm sure it didn't do the numbers that they were expecting because no, I don't not. hear anyone talking yeah. about it. Yeah. And then Battlefront 2 was fucking dead in the water exactly. thanks to loot boxes. Yeah. Although that's had a, a huge revival lately because of Rise of the Skywalker and the fact that they backtracked on their completely anti-consumer gaming mechanics yeah. in it. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, it's interesting how Battlefield has gone because some of the Battlefield games in the last decade were seriously good games yeah yeah and they they just came out today or yesterday mm. it was released that um that ea's made a billion dollars in the last quarter yeah just from in-game purchase <laughs> yeah which is so gross a billion dollars it's disgusting like, get fucked you pricks <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. yeah i mean if people are gonna pay but it's pretty um predatory yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Like FIFA Ultimate Team, you can't play that no. by just playing yeah, the game. Exactly. If you're not spending money, you're not you're fucking shit. playing FIFA Ultimate yeah. Team. Mm-hmm. Which is shit, but that's the way the game's designed. It's designed to push you into spending that money. Yeah. And it's pretty underhanded, I think. I, I agree. But anyway. Um, COD actually remastered potentially one of their best games mm. in the series, which was a good 20 years before it. 15 at least. It was a while before, yeah. Um, and I'm talking about Modern Warfare. Yeah, because the they original, released... Because now, now they've got another Modern Warfare. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, they released Infinite Warfare and were like, if you pre-order this, you get Modern Warfare remastered for free. And everyone was like, I'm doing that only for Modern Warfare <laughs> yeah, exactly. remastered. And then 
Infinite Warfare didn't do very well. No, no. I mean, it still did good because it was Call of Duty. Yeah. But then shortly after that, they released Modern Warfare Remastered as a standalone thing because yeah. they were like, well, let's squeeze a bit more cash out of yeah. this. And I think a lot more people bought that standalone. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, Gears of War 4 You're was huge. another one and yeah. Dishonored 2. Yep. Steep actually was a good one because... Like that the, was the snowboarding, the one. snowboarding, wingsuiting, like yeah. just a the world is your playground yeah. in the Alps, which was really cool. It was a Red Bull game, wasn't it? Uh, I think there was like DLC that was Red Bull related, okay, yeah. but yeah, it was basically that kind of like crazy, extreme snow based adventures. Yeah, and uh, that game was actually really good. And it was really well mm. supported with DLC as well. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, Civilization Six. Came out. Do you want to skip some of these? Yeah. I only made the list to pick the ones that we like. Okay. Yeah. But it's dragging on. So do you want to just jump into 2017? Yeah. So anyway, that that's going to pretty much go and uh, wrap up. There was more games, obviously, but... There's so many games. Yeah. But none that we want to talk about. No. Sorry. And, and that's <laughs> happening more and more, you know, like game companies and the money in gaming by the years, of, yeah. you know, from 15 onwards, the last five years has been so much bigger yeah. that you know, these AAA titles are just smashing the market. And even indie games, like, and we haven't really talked about it, but Steam, when they let go of their sort of standards, yes. we're at the point now where you know, there's like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of games every year, every oh, month, yes. yeah. getting released on yeah. Steam. Just mm-hmm. so many games out there to get into. Yeah. And then you look at the AAA stuff and that's just like... Growing in leaps yeah. and bounds and, as well, and making squillions of dollars. Surely there's a ceiling here somewhere where we like, where Maybe. it becomes too expensive for developers to to keep bringing out this number of games. Yeah, yeah. Because surely the market is a finite market for what people are willing to spend. Yeah, and if you're milking them through microtransactions as well, eventually you're going to get to a point where developers no and publishers left. are going to suffer because. You're going to be like, do I buy the new Assassin's Creed, which looks fucking incredible, or do I buy the new other action-adventure game that's from a huge franchise that I can't think of right now, (laughs) which is also a huge game? Or like, do you buy The Last of Us or Uncharted? You know, like, games that are very similar in their type. And we saw it with Ghost Recon Breakpoint. People were like, well, I've just bought The Division. Why am I going to buy Breakpoint? Yeah. And that one suffered because it was the same fucking publisher. Exactly. Which was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. realistically, it was a pr- pretty dumb move. Yeah. But anyway. You would think so. So we're going to drop 2016. Let's move straight into 2017 now. Yes. Um, the biggest news, possibly for the start of the year, was the Switch being released. Yes. Yeah, so it was revealed in January and then launched in March, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, why can't we have that? Exactly. I guess we're going to have the PS5 revealed in february hopefully and then launched by i saw a rumor that said october i'm thinking probably november i've heard earlier i've heard june july um but it was an unfounded one yeah yeah. i feel like because the switch it's a smaller unit less powerful um chips and all that kind of stuff i feel like with the ps5 and the xbox series x using very similar hardware I don't think physically they can make enough units to launch that early. Mm. But at the same time, both companies have known what they're building for quite a while. Yeah. 
I think it's more to do with the developers of the games yeah. and making sure there's some support for those. I think it's a 50-50. No yeah. Because, yeah, they, there is issues with supply. Yeah. But, and it's um, not like bringing out the fucking 4K Blu-ray players yeah. and only having 10 movies you know, yeah. to actually watch on. Yeah, it's a different situation. Yeah, yeah. But they've got backwards compatible compatibility to lean on as well true we're talking about this more in the next episode yes yeah now we're talking about 2017 which is the switch the super nintendo classic edition was launched as well mm-hmm. we also had nintendo had a big year they, they did. also released the 2ds xl which was a non-foldable version of the 3ds yep <laughs> which was great and the xbox one x launched as i mentioned when we're talking about 2016 yeah because they were like ps4 pro Number one most powerful console? I don't think Bullshit. so. Bullshit. So, um, to be fair, credit where credit's due, the Xbox One X is a pretty fucking mean-ass system. Yeah. Um, but I still ain't buying one. No, exactly. Because <laughs> it's yeah. expensive, and I don't have a 4K TV yet. <laughs> so there's no point. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, I've got listed here 2017, Nintendo started moving into the mobile gaming world, but they did it with Pokemon Go and That's Super right. Mario Run. Yeah. There was a huge... New genre in gaming in 2017. Yes. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. So, uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, or PUBG, Mm. was the big one that came out at that time. Yeah, it launched in March, right? Kicked off the Battle Royale genre, and everyone was like, how come we haven't been doing this before? Mm. Unbelievable. Um, And then, by the end of the year, it had sold a friggin' insane 30 million copies, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's a crazy number of games. Well... Um, Star Wars, for a bit of, just a bit of, like, perspective, yeah. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is a huge Star Wars game by EA, mm. uh, their projected sales were 7 to 8 million copies wow. by the end of January, I think. So that's like three months mm-hmm. or something. And they dialed up their projections to, like, 10 million. Yeah. So that's sold 10 million. PUBG... 30 million in nine months is a ridiculous amount of sales. And yeah, like it just killed it, started this new genre that was like massive. And then Epic Games were like, hey. Anything um, you can do. Yeah, anything you can do, we can do better. And they (laughs) launched Fortnite in, when was that, like October? Yeah, it was later, much later. September, yeah, so six months later. And then PUBG, I was still in early access. Yeah. That was the shit thing. Mm. They let Fortnite... And to be fair, PUBG was like a small indie dev yeah. compared to Epic Games just like just blasting them money. out of the water. Yeah, exactly. And um, But credit where credit's due, Fortnite oh. did right things. Yeah, right? they did. They, yeah. we've, I talked about them in the Game of the Year episode, I think, for 2019, I think so. yeah. where you know the way that they've done their storytelling is unlike any other game it is yeah and it's a very kiddie game but mm-hmm. it's also really done that, things that's done wonders for them you know taking yeah. a brutally violent genre and yeah. making it overwatchy and you know yeah fun to look at and you know, have dance dancing moves and, and funny hats yeah things that, that kids can take outside of the game yeah and everyone will go I know that dance, yeah. which is still fucking happening, which pisses me off. Of yeah. course. You know, you see that every now and again, you go, oh. And all the other moves, that, the other dances as well yeah. from it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, they in terms of that, they've really killed it. But they also, in terms of gameplay mechanics, started doing mm. things that no one's done before because there's never been a game that suited this wild new yeah. storytelling method. Yeah. And, you know, not that the Fortnite story is a gripping fucking no. story of but, our generation. I did mention this in the, uh, the end of year podcast. How they actually just turned their servers off for a couple of days. Yeah. You know, like they finished a season. They did the black hole thing. Yeah. Everything got sucked in the black hole. People were like losing their mind. Yeah. Parents were ringing the helplines <laughs> being like, what the hell? My like, kids are walking around Where's the house. my babysitter? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do I do? They're talking and complaining and whinging and I can't just tell them to get on the computer. But um, Which to me is fucking incredible. Like, yeah. you know, there's still... Tens of millions of people playing this game. Yeah, it's and huge. they just go, ah, pull the plug for a couple of days. Yeah, and just like fuck, and it was on the news, like yeah. six o'clock news. The world has gone dark. It's fucking yeah. you know unbelievable. And that's all part of the storytelling thing that they're doing. They're like doing things that are just unheard of. Yeah, like that whole event, the the meteor and black hole and all yeah. that kind of shit, mm. to be um, simultaneous across all servers worldwide at the exact same time yeah. to have it like on a live server as well. Like mm. a, you're playing, you're just playing the game normally and all of a sudden everything is different. Yeah. So, and they've done that multiple times yeah, and it's just yeah. mm. incredible what they've done. But um, I mentioned Jedi Fallen Order. That mm-hmm. was developed by Respawn who were actually acquired by EA in 2017. Yep. So... That worked out well for them, I guess. Speaking of... Well, because they made Titanfall, right? Yes. And Titanfall 2. And then EA were like, you know what? We want to buy you. We like the cut of your jib. And then they're like, oh, we know you've made these awesome multiplayer games, but can you please make a Star Wars single-player action-adventure game? (laughs) And they fucking nailed it. Yeah. So, kudos. Well, speaking of Star Wars, um, Battlefront 2 was 2017. Yeah, and that kicked off. Yeah, this caused fucking waves through the industry yeah through everything yeah they they basically brought it out and just kind of went we're not fucking hiding it anymore you can play to win or pay to win i should say um and you can play to suck or you can pay to win yeah it was that fucking obvious yeah yeah there was loot boxes to get better gear that would actually improve your game and make you more powerful yeah and you could achieve that by either playing for a really mm. extended amount of time because that was the main complaint. The complaints were like, yes, they're doing a lot more loot boxes pay to win stuff, but then the the stuff that if you didn't pay and you tried to play to get it, it was near impossible to be able to achieve what you needed to to get. Yeah. certain things in certain matches yeah. Yeah. and people were like what the fuck and then yeah. it blew up like the Belgian government were doing like looking at loot boxes as a as a gambling thing yeah. and lots mm-hmm. of other governments started looking at it yeah. and I feel like EA were probably shaking in their little booties yeah. especially considering they made a billion dollars in the last quarter exactly. from that shit yeah. you know mm-hmm. imagine how different that would be if three years ago it had all been shut down yeah so mm-hmm. yeah but that was a huge controversy and that year we had um middle earth um shadow of war which again had loot boxes yeah that were it's in a single player game mm. it was like gross yeah. and if you want to hear my thoughts about it you can go back and listen to the podcast where i talked about it 
because I was fucking fired up. Oh yeah, it was it was kind of annoying. So <laughs> me being fired up. Yep. Ah well, there you go. <laughs> uh, they, they ended the production of the Wii U quietly. Yes, which kind of could have happened at any time, and no one would have no noticed. One noticed. <laughs> They're like, the switch is here. Quick, unplug yeah, the Wii exactly. U factory. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Just just put a tarp over it. <laughs> yeah. So that was the end of that. Uh, Pete Moore, who um, we met. Yes, we, we did. We met him at EB Expo 2011. Yeah. We got photos, but then I don't think they exist anymore. Ah, uh, probably yeah. somewhere. Yeah, who knows? Blurry to early smartphone days. Yeah, exactly. Um, Stepped down so as yeah. EA Sports. Um, and became the, the yeah. CEO of Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. And now they're doing quite well, so maybe EA shouldn't have let him go. Yeah. Irrational Games, who made the Bioshock games, were rebranded as Ghost Story Games, and they actually kept a lot of their staff, and they said, the reason that we're rebranding is because we want to keep making games, but we don't want to make the type of games we were making before. We want to make these Ghost Story type games, so we're going to call ourselves Ghost Story Games, and make completely different styles of games. Seems kind of interesting. I don't think they've released any games yet. And really, does it matter? Like... If you look at a game's... Well, you look at Respawn, for example, with Titanfall going into doing Star Wars. you can just do different things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think they just wanted to completely reset. It's like a painter that only paints purple, and then one day going, I'm going to now paint yellow. And my name is Pugsley instead of (laughs) Jared. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's fair. It's a totally realistic comparison. Yeah, that's uh, exactly right. Example, thingy. Anyway, funny enough, uh, I don't think those Ghost Story Games guys have put out a game yet, mm. and 2K announced late last year that they'd started up a new development team, company, to make a new Bioshock game. So, I yeah. assume none of the original staff are going to be Seems involved irrational. in the new... <laughs> <laughs> ah, I yeah, see. see what I did there. Um, IGN acquired Humble Bundle, which we yes. talked about in part one. And Visceral Games, who made Dead Space, were shut down by EA. They were another one that was like, let's go from one game to a completely different style. They hired Amy Hennig, who was the lead writer or whatever for Uncharted. They were like, yes, she's a great, like, important person in the industry. We'll hire Mm -hmm. her. We'll make a really good single-player Star Wars game. Yeah. And it ended up getting completely tossed out. And Visceral Games were shut down. And I think they were rebranded to another... uh, turned into another company. But they made things like the Tiger Woods PGA games. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's a game... Future Cop Yeah, LAPD. Future Cop LAPD. Do you remember that? Yes. Yep. From like PS1 days, I remember awesome playing game. that at your house. Yeah, yeah. And Top Tyson was like awesome oh, at it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah so that, that was, was your son who was a quite small child at the yeah. time and he was smoking all of us idiots. <laughs> so, yeah. That was back when they were called EA Redwood Shores. But like... That's a really long um, legacy or time period for a studio to exist and then to just be like, yeah, see, you, see later. you later. Like the Dead Space games were, oh, well, Dead Space 1 and 2 were specifically amazing. were incredible yeah. games. Dead Space, I remember, just, you know, it, it broke the sound in games. Yeah. Know? Before that, you'd had games where sound was kind of important mm. but then they brought out this game where if the sound had been different yeah it would not have been anywhere near as good yeah that game was fucking phenomenal 
because it was the sound scary design. as yeah. shit yeah. because of the sound. Just and being in a spaceship floating in space with no one else yeah. and then you're just, just hearing noises. Hearing things. But far that away. constant that constant motion, like the you know, on a plane you get the engine noise. Yeah. Having kind of something there happening all the time, but feeling completely alone yeah. was so well done. Yeah, they did such that a great job. That was an exceptional game. And then Dead Space yeah. 2 was really good. And then Dead Space 3 started to fall into the sort of lame-ass EA yeah. money machine type thing. Mm-hmm. And it was still good, but it wasn't as good. Yeah. Speaking of things starting with E. Yes, EB Games <laughs> Expo moved to the back to the Gold Coast. Yeah, so they've been in Sydney for five years because they were like, wow, this is going really well. Let's move to Sydney where that's the happening town. Yeah. And it turned out no one wanted to go to a place to have pre-order signs jammed in their yeah. fucking face holes. Yeah. So, and, and one of the major things that I, I remember in contrast to the one that was in uh, 2011... Yeah. Was... Who went to this one when they were back at the Gold yeah, Coast. Yeah, when they'd come back. There was almost a half of the floor... Yeah, I'd say that a third. Yeah. You know, and the people were lining up for fucking ages to get yeah. shit... You had to pay entry to EB Games Expo yeah. to be able to go to the EB Games store at the Expo. Yeah. And there were some pretty reasonable deals there, but it wasn't anything yeah, it to was fucking awesome. phone home yeah. about. I remember they had like 10% off bubble heads. Yeah. And it's like, that's a dollar fifty, you know? Yeah. It's like, fuck, I have to buy 500 of these things yeah. to pay for the tickets. And they, they literally had staff who were probably volunteering yeah, to... Um, like do line management because mm. the lines were so huge. Yeah, they were. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And that was the last, was that the last one? I think that was I when... believe so. They, it was either the last one or one of the last ones because now obviously they're joined up with PAX. Yeah. And so they've got their little corner of PAX to run a fucking shop in now apparently. Yeah, that's right. Not that I've been to PAX since they were there, but I assume that's what they're doing because that's their MO. And, and you mentioned the the pre-order signs, and they were everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a massive part of what the entire concept. It was all about to. buying, selling stuff yeah. to you, yeah. which I get that that's what it's about. But we're not there for that. We're there to, for, as a celebration of gaming. Yeah, that's and right. yeah, we want to try the new games to see if we want to buy them. But it was just this gross. Yeah. It just felt wrong. It did, and then to com- and in comparison, it's like at a time when Pax is killing it. Yeah, and Pax is this thing where you can go and you feel like you finally come home. You know, there's a sign out the front of Pax when you go there that says "Welcome Home," and that's the feeling that you get when you're there, surrounded by like-minded people. That's Everyone's right. nice to each other. Mm-hmm. You can go and explore new things and play games that you wouldn't normally play, and it's a safe place. And it was just this like complete opposite feeling at EB Expo where it's this gross yeah. capitalist fucking... Which is kind of the same feeling when you walk into an EB store, so I'm kind of glad they're fucking off. <laughs> Sorry for anybody losing their jobs over that, but EB is gross. Yeah. And we've they... mentioned that multiple times. Yeah, the guys at my work were talking about EB the other day actually complaining because um, one of them went to a EB Games at a place, in a shopping centre where there's a big W, a Target... And a JB Hi-Fi yeah. and asked if they would price match on Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And they were like, well, do you have the um, do the you have the catalogue or whatever? Yeah. And then they're like, 
the person, my workmates, like, oh, they're selling it for this much at this store, and they're yeah. like, do they have stock though? Because we don't price match unless they have yeah. stock. And then they had to fucking ring the shop to find out if they had stock. And the the workmates like, uh, do you want me to go and see if they have stock and buy it there yeah, instead? Exactly. Like, just price match it. And then in the end, they just price matched it anyway. <laughs> So it's this big fucking runaround, and no doubt yeah. there was a line of people oh, yeah, most building probably. behind yeah. them because yeah. that's EV as yeah, well. Exactly, they need line management in their own stores. <laughs> um, but anyway, enough shitting on EV. There was one other really bad story from that year. Yeah, which is just uh, yeah, one of those things that makes you think like maybe people aren't inherently good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they take Maybe the they're just ignorant a little fuckwits. bit too, too fucking serious. Yeah, so there was a dollar fifty wager over a Call of Duty World War Two game, a match, yeah. right? And it caused this dispute between these two people online, and they ended up giving the home address of this guy what they thought was the other person's house mm. to the police and said they're terrorists. Basically, send the SWAT. Unbelievable. And the SWAT went to this house. It turned out to be the home of someone completely unrelated to the whole fucking wager thing. Yeah. And this guy died being by being shot and killed by police. Yeah. And he was completely unrelated to it because of swatting, which is what they were calling this new thing where you call the SWAT on someone who <laughs> fucking teabags you in quad. quad. <laughs> Unbelievable. Isn't, and it happened a fair few times. Yeah. yeah not this was not, not to, to the point, point of death. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, it got to the point where wow, we can use the government because their yeah. laws and their fucking edginess over terrorism yeah. to completely fuck people over. Yeah, and the whole point was just to get, like, your house is broken into by the cops and they slam you to the ground. Yeah. Not they shoot you to death. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that was a sad story from 2017 that was just because of people being wankers on the internet. That's right. But uh, in thought. happier things, games that came out in 2017. Yes, we'll, we'll knock some of these over because this is getting to be a longer episode. Well, let's yet. see. What was awesome that year? Horizon Zero Dawn, which I've mentioned yes. before. That is one of the best PS4 games. If you haven't played it, absolutely play it. And it's coming, rumoured to be coming to PC, yes. which is the first yeah. PlayStation exclusive to do so. Yeah. Like, we had Heavy Rain and stuff like that came to PC, but they weren't first-party games. No, that's right. Games. This is a first-party PlayStation Studio-made game that is going to be coming to, play, Which, to PC. to be honest, will be a really weird thing when you load that game up and PlayStation comes up yeah. in front of you on a PC. That'll be surreal, almost. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of weird. Like, I don't see where their motive for doing that is, mm. apart from the whole... Xbox pushing it, yeah. being like, hey, you guys are real dicks for not doing this, when like one generation ago, they were the ones <laughs> yeah, being exactly. dicks not doing it. <laughs> but yeah, they're just like caving to this pressure. But it's great for people who only play PC, because they're going to get to play Horizon Zero Dawn, which is seriously a good game. Yeah, I know you love that one. That was one of my top games of the year. Yeah. Um, another one was Torment, Tides of Numenera, which was, or Numenera, which was uh, it was uh, you got to be the mouth breather. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a sequel to Planescape Torment, but mm-hmm. it was kind of like a spiritual sequel, I guess, like a real deep, like hardcore RPG. Yeah, where everything you do affects the story, mm-hmm. and it's lots of reading and yeah. yeah, one of those isometric style RPGs, which are not for everyone these days. 
very much a nineties style thing. Yeah, that's the thing. But um, yeah, in in the vein of like Pillars of Eternity and Baldur's yeah. Gate and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, that was one of my highlights of the year because I like it was a really well written RPG, mm. even though you had to read a shitload yeah, of right. that writing. Yeah. Well, Mass Effect and Andromeda came out that year well that was a <laughs> fucking hot mess yeah i really again maybe i'm not a very good game reviewer because i really enjoyed <laughs> that as well i saw it for what it was though yeah like a lot of people were like oh, you're like another mass that's effect a nice game. pile of shit <laughs> massive expectations to just be shattered to the ground and i'm just like oh cool that'll be fun yeah and then just play it and be like yeah i quite enjoyed that yeah I mean, it was pretty buggy and fucked, and yeah. the story wasn't great. And you could spend was... an hour designing your character. But it was a space yeah. game where I'm in space and being in a being a Mass Spacey Effect game. Person. Yeah. So, yeah, there was um, that. Resident Evil Seven, Biohazard. Awesome. Yeah. That game made me turn it off very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I opened a like pot in the kitchen, and cockroach just came out, and I was like, "Nope, and see ya." They, there's going to be zombies yeah. very soon. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't need this in my life. Well, it was it was a very well made game, and yeah. I'm not a huge fan of scary games. Yeah. I fucking hate them, to be honest. <laughs> fucking hate scary movies. There's just no point. To yeah, them, in know? my younger days, I wasn't so bad with them. Yeah, but as I'm older, I'm just like, I don't need that. No, exactly. In my life, yeah. Like, why would I willingly submit Scare myself the to shit that out kind of? Myself. of yeah. Like, my blood pressure's already high enough from being <laughs> A, overweight, and B, eating garbage, and B, C, being stressed as fuck at work. And D, not moving much. Yeah. yeah. I don't need exactly. to watch something to make my heart pop. It's going to do it eventually <laughs> anyway. Yeah, fair enough. But so, I, I actually did like that game. Um, yeah. And I, gave, I, I put it down as one of my top three from the year. It was a beautiful moved back to Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, totally different styling. Like, it was just a fucking crazy redneck family. Yeah. But a fucking crazy redneck family. Yeah. That was scary as fuck. Mm. And, yeah, Resident Evil was pretty well done for Yeah, me. they were evil residents. They were. They were. Yeah. Now, this year we had some, obviously, with the launch of the Switch, we had some really good Switch games come out in 2017. One of which was uh, called by most the Game of the Year was Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, yeah. which was uh, an open-world RPG that just was simple yet complex. Mm. The art style was great. There was plenty to do. It was cutesy and, you know, running, you know, around in circles. You can do yeah. pretty much anything you want. If there's yeah. a tree, you can climb it. If there's a wall, you can climb it. If yeah. there's a thing, you can punch it. There was some strategy in it as well, which yeah. was kind of interesting. It was a very surprisingly deep rpg given how simplified it looked yeah um and that was well deservedly called game of the year by many people mm-hmm. uh that year we also had tom clancy's ghost recon wildlands which kind of really started the push of games as a service i feel like where they it was Ubisoft, of course, because they're yeah. pretty much the leaders in that kind of area mm-hmm. of putting out a game and then really supporting it with free DLC, yeah, as well as paid DLC. Mm-hmm. But the amount of free updates and patches and DLC that came out for Wildlands was, huge. was insane. Yeah. And I remember when Breakpoint was announced, I was confused and I thought it was just more DLC for Wildlands because there had been so much, yeah. 
um, which is probably why Breakpoint didn't do too well because I'm True. sure other people were confused by the mm-hmm. by the thing as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, that really kicked it off for Ubisoft with their in a big way doing that free DLC support. Mm. I feel like. Yeah, we had a, a huge um, sequel in Destiny Two. That was huge, and I constantly keep thinking about getting back into yeah, it. Yeah, me too. But I haven't got all the DLC, and yeah. at this point, there's like two, I think, DLC expansions. Two or three, yeah. Which means I've got to drop like an extra 70 bucks to be able to play it and be up to date. Yeah. but It is free, though. Yeah. Play. Well, so, I mean, I've already got the game. Yeah. But I yeah. need to pay up for all that friggin' expansion stuff. Exactly. So that's frustrating, but no doubt I'm going to get back into it. Sooner or later. Yeah. Another sequel was Injustice 2. Yep. Which, um, obviously, Injustice Gods Among Us was the one where you could play as DC superheroes and villains. Mm-hmm. You know, Mortal Kombat style game. Yeah. This one introduced a lot of uh, the whole changing your costume thing, where it was using loot boxes again, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and you would get different items of clothing for your different characters. And it was good. It really worked really well because there's such a deep history of these characters mm. to draw from. Yeah. Of like, you know, Superman's had like 30 different costumes That's or right. probably more than that yeah. over the years. Yeah. And so you could get all these different sets that you could build that would have different stats and give your characters completely different appearances, mm-hmm. um, which they really nailed it. And then they released MK11, which had the same thing, but for Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah. And it was mostly just the same outfits with different colours, yeah, which was, colors and that was real good. disappointing. Mm-hmm. But in terms of injustice, because of the history of those characters, like how many different costumes has Scorpion had? Seriously, he's had a friggin' yellow ninja suit with yeah. different types of um, chains hanging off it and shit. Yeah, you know, as opposed to like Green Lantern, who there's for a start, there's been like five different Green Lanterns. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. there's different skin colours. Yeah. Of their actual skin. Yeah. Right? That's right. And then the different types of, like, all the different types of oh, suits and done whatever. So many different things. So, yeah, yeah Injustice 2 was really, really good. Mm. One that I, I kind of enjoyed, but not as much as the originals, um, was the Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Yeah, so. That was a good game, but. It, yeah, that was one where instead of playing as Nathan Drake, you played as Chloe and. That the evil chick from Uncharted Three. Yeah, I think she was some Uncharted Three, who apparently is now not evil, or she wasn't really evil. She was just like in charge of guns for Confused. hire dudes, and so she was up against Nathan Drake. Yeah, but it it actually it started slow, but by the end of it, I really enjoyed the characters because it was at a disadvantage because it was called an Uncharted game. Yeah, so you went into it expecting the Drake and Sully. Yeah, and, banter, you know, and banter and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And instead, you had Chloe and I honestly can't remember, can't remember her name. name. Yeah, and they were completely different personalities. But by the end of it, they had this connection as a couple, as like a pair working together. Yeah, that wasn't the same as Drake and Sully, but it, it was different, but strong as strong. I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a slow burner at the start, but by the end of it, I really had. It had grown on me. Yeah. But it, it was yeah. a very similar game as well, which to me was a bit off-putting. Yeah. Like, just how similar it was to the four Uncharted games. Yeah. But it wasn't because there was, you know, you weren't Nathan Drake. 
So yeah. that kind of was a bit off-putting, and it just, just made me feel weird. I remember it being a fair bit more stealth-based yeah, yeah. than the others had been. Maybe I'm remembering NPCs could shoot straight. But yeah, Not so like stormtroopers. Well, Uncharted Four, the previous year, had Crash Bandicoot at the beginning. Yeah, and that just made everyone be like, "Oh, I remember Crash Bandicoot? How good is that?" Yeah. So in 2017, we had Crash Bandicoot. The insane trilogy, mm-hmm. um, the remaster of the Crash Bandicoot games, and I mention this because it's a remaster, but they they changed it as well. Yeah, they, they tightened did. up the controls and did mm-hmm. a, a lot of things that like purists really did not appreciate. No, I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah, there were certain I things. I like playing in it. It was nice and nostalgic, but they broken it. Yeah, it was that. different. Yeah. It was different. But people who hadn't played it twenty years ago. Yeah. You know, who aren't old and grumpy like yourself. Shut up. <laughs> I still haven't bought Damn it. Damn kids, turn your podcast down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's now out on everything, Switch yes. and everything. But yeah. Um, yeah, I still haven't bought it because I feel like I don't want to pay that much for a yeah. remastered PS1 game. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, there was three full titles, so it was, there was yeah. lots of gameplay in it. And I do love platforming games. Yeah. But... Yeah, at, I think at the time I was just busy with other things and mm-hmm. I've, I've kept kept thinking about visiting it and just haven't. Yeah. Um, another, well, there was a first actually in 2017, which was PlayStation brought out their PlayLink games, yep. which were the games where you could use your mobile phone as a controller mm-hmm. in the game. So it was a way to do social games with your friends in a very accessible way where you don't have to buy $400 controllers. Yeah. The first PlayLink game that came out was called That's You, mm-hmm. which was basically you'd put in pictures of yourself and ask questions and yeah. it was like a trivia, fun mm-hmm. quiz type game. That year we also had Knowledge is Power and Hidden Agenda, which were also PlayLink games. And Knowledge is Power has actually had a sequel since. Wow. Knowledge is, is Power is the, an actual trivia game where you had you would get abilities in between levels. The whole point was to climb up a a pyramid by answering questions and getting a high enough score mm-hmm. and you could um, use your special abilities to fuck over the other people you're playing yeah. with yeah. so you'd press you'd get things like an ice attack and then you would select someone to cop it and their screen on their phone would go icy and they'd have to like rub it <laughs> to try and warm it up to get to the like multiple choice answers and shit yeah so you you couldn't see what the answers were <laughs> and it would re- you get points based on how quick you answered and yeah. like if you were the first to answer you would get to pick the next thing and like there was so many fun just kind of things, things that they did yeah. and then hidden agenda was this like entire murder mystery thing mm. where you had to work together as detectives and like That's right, make yeah. Choices and, you had and stuff. Abilities as as a detective, is that right? Uh, I can't really game? remember how it played out, but yeah, there was like, yeah, there was various. It was very deep. It was almost like an interactive movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, knowledge is power. I've played that since it came out many times wow. because it's just a great party game. Yeah. Yeah. Although it does burn the fuck out of your phone battery. Oh yes. Which is yeah. not great. Not um, ideal. South Park sequel, The Fractured Butthole. Yeah. The Fractured Butthole. <laughs> so this one wasn't done by... Uh, the Stick of Truth was done by Obsidian Entertainment. This yeah. one was done directly by Ubisoft. Yeah. But I actually really, really enjoyed The Fractured Butthole. Yeah. It was a very well-made thing. Very well-made game. Uh, yeah. And hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like heaps of 
nods to the fans of South Park, but I haven't watched South Park in like 15 years. Yeah, that's right. So mm. it was still fun for me without knowing all these insider jokes of yeah. episodes that I haven't seen. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. There was, that was also <clears throat> there was also Yonder, the Cloud Catcher Chronicles, which was by Brisbane developer Prideful Sloth. Yep. And that was one that was kind of a floaty little no combat, exploring the world type game. Um, which I actually really enjoyed. It was very zen, yeah. like chill out game. And mm-hmm. it's actually on um, Switch now as well as PlayStation and I think Xbox. Yeah, nice. So yeah, they did very well out of that game. It was, uh, I think it was received probably better than they'd expected. Mm-hmm. Probably as good as they'd hoped, but yeah. not what they'd expected. Yeah. I think it had gone a bit better than that. So that's good. And they supported that with post-launch support as well. Good on them. Another Brisbane dev was Sidebar Games who did Golf Story on the Switch, which is one of Mm -hmm. Carl's favourite games on the Switch. Mm -hmm. He talked very highly of that. Yep. Um, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Huge game. Yeah. Huge game. And great game. Yes. (laughs) Well, that was one that was arguably up there for Game of the Year that year. Yeah. We also had Hellblade Senwa's Sacrifice, which was by Ninja Theory who were mm. later acquired by Microsoft yeah. and are now first-party Microsoft developer. Mm-hmm. But they were like one of those mid-range, not AAA, like a double-A developer. Yeah. But Hellblade Senwise Sacrifice was like, did things that were not done in games with the whole like um, exploring schizophrenia and mental health yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Mm. Um Absolutely, I think Carl mentioned that, that was one yeah. of his games of the year. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of games of the year, I absolutely loved For Honor. I loved what they did. I loved the the bringing together of uh, you know teams and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah it was, and just it was, being able to go. Are we going to make a samurai game, or are we going to make a Viking game, or are we going to make like a knights fighting with yeah. swords game? And then someone's just like. Why not all of them? It's like <laughs> that little right. girl from the taco ad. <laughs> let's have both. Yeah. <laughs> and then they made this game that was just excellent. Yeah. And that's again, they've just announced that season four DLC mm. is coming out. It is out. still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bizarre it to is. me. Yeah. But it was a good game. <laughs> it was and, good. And literally just a capture the flag game, really. In essence, yeah. that's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like a zone capture thing. Yeah. yeah. But it was great fun. It was well made. Excellent. Really gripping story. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it actually wasn't too bad the story mode of it. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that year we had Assassin's Creed Origins. After the year off, they just like completely reinvented the Assassin's yeah. Creed games, yeah. Came which back was with a vengeance, which was cool. massive. Yeah. Um, I bought the collector's edition, and the friggin' thing has broken the statue. Oh wow! It had the the guy because it was in Egypt, right? Mm. And it had the guy sort of standing on a broken pillar, like a big concrete pillar thing, yeah. leaning forward with an eagle on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So it was very precariously leaning. Yeah. And his the his foot was like stuck with a little wedge into the pillar oh, to yeah. hold him. Yeah. And it snapped off at the base of his oh, foot. No. So I've got to like get some kind of epoxy or something yeah. to Lucky didn't glue break that his together. Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's annoying. Yes. Um, another great Switch game that year was Mario versus Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which was, yes. you know, at 
when they revealed it, everyone's like, mm, rabbits. Yeah. Why are these still a thing? But it was fun. The game is so good. Yeah. The boys play it and they crack it. the shits because it's like, it's a strategy game. Yeah. And if you don't pay attention to what the abilities do and use them correctly in the correct order yeah. and place the characters that work well together, like Peach and Mario, mm-hmm. like all of these little elements that make it a just a very well thought out strategy yeah. game with a very playful appearance. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay attention to what the fuck's going on, you will yeah. lose horrifically when you're <laughs> versing me, you little bastards. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they don't appreciate losing. No, fair I'll enough. tell you right now. And people, you know yeah. what? I say, I'm not going to let you win. Well, it's good to you teach beat them me how to lose. And I will lose when you beat when you I'll, can beat me. Then you won't touch the switch again. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I rule the house. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, other Mario games, Odyssey came out that year. Um, great game. Yeah. Tyler, my kid, is obsessed with it. Yeah. He's beaten it already wow I mean I only let him play it last year yeah but yeah he's beaten it a couple of times now I think wow so he's just really into it he's yeah. like I'm just gonna delete the save file so I can start fresh I'm like you know you can have multiple save files because he's used to playing on like yeah. PS3 and like yeah. old school games yeah I'm like no you can have multiple saves he's like nah what's the point point? and I'm like kids yeah, yeah exactly idiot kids <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so Need for Speed Payback was that year. That was a really good game, and Knack Two, obviously, where you yeah. could have two different people. It had it added co-op. Yeah, Knack is, is so good. I sure hope at the PS Five reveal they go and a new Knack game. Yeah, because I would love that. I think yeah. that'd be a nice little nod. Yeah, to the be. fans. Yeah, but to you. We'll just see. To just you. directly to me. Yeah, just a yeah. nod. Yeah. And the console release of Pillars of Eternity was in 2017. There you so go. That's just a. You know, a thing that I keep mentioning yeah, in every yeah, episode yeah. because yeah. it was just great. I just got <laughs> Pillars of Eternity 2. Ah. Deadfire on console was released uh, today oh, there or you yesterday go. as we're recording. So yeah. um, I'm looking forward to playing that one as well. Very nice. Well, look, we're going to pull the pin. Um, 2017, done and dusted. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That is it. So the next episode is going to be 2018 and 19, yeah. the end of the decade. Which, well, kind of big years. That's some okay games. Yeah, they were right. One or two. Yeah. But uh, thanks for sticking around. If you liked any games that we didn't mention or you fucking hated the games we did mention, feel free to... Email us at... Podcast at dropbeargaming.com. We're getting good at that. We're just... We're like a well-oiled yeah. machine. Yeah, exactly. Or you can, of course, reach out to us on... <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. I started tweeting again. Oh, there you go. So, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Hit us up. We are literally everywhere. Yeah. Look under your bed. We might be there. (laughs) Probably not, though. Yeah, probably not. We've got uh, got better shit to do. (laughs) We'll see you with part four in a week. Yeah, thanks very much for listening, and take care until we talk to you all soon. Bye. Love you.